Uh, I'm sure uh, by now that most of you uh, have seen the picture or, or the video uh, of little Amran Daknish. Uh, Amran uh, is the five-year-old Syrian boy uh, whose face in some ways has become sort of a symbol uh, for the horrors that are happening in Syria uh, on the other side of the globe. Uh, on August 17th, Amran's house was bombed to smithereens, and rescue workers discovered Amran in the rubble. Uh, they dragged him out, uh, and they placed him in an ambulance, and this is the image that we have of him. It's a five-year-old alone in an ambulance. His cartoon character TV, or T-shirt, right, his cartoon character T-shirt uh, is covered in dust, uh, and there's blood uh, caked on his face. Amran is a child in shock staring at us uh, as we stare back at him, both a confused child and a watching world wondering why. Why is this happening? Why am I here? And why is the world like this? You and I woke up in a beautiful but broken world today. It is beautiful because God has made it that way. But as you all know well, it is painfully and it is profoundly broken. Why? Like, why is it this way? This is one of the most honest and I think important questions that you or I could ask. And it is a question that Jesus answers for us tonight uh, in the story that he tells. If God made a good world, why is it broken? Why does it look like this? And furthermore, what does God want to do? And God, what does God want us to do uh, about it? Jesus tells us this story that we're going to look at tonight to engage us, to explain some things to us, and to elicit a response. So let's turn to Matthew 13. We're going to look at verses 24 to 30 and then 36 to 43. And if you like, we have some uh, sheets of paper there that have the, the passage printed on it. If you want to make notes, it's not offended if you get up and grab a sheet. But Matthew 13, uh, 24 to 30 and 36 to 43. Straight from here. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weirds, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at the harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then Jesus left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. Jesus answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. 
In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for giving us your word, that you want to engage us and explain some things to us about who you are and who we are, what the world is like and how we ought to live in it. Uh, I pray you would give us ears to hear uh, and hearts that are ready to understand. I ask these things in your name. Amen. Let's take a look at the story. Um, and Megan, you can keep it up if you like. Um, the story begins uh, with a man uh, sowing good seed uh, in a field. If you look at verse 24. The beginning of the story is reminiscent of the beginning of the Bible. Uh, a passage that we actually looked at in Bible study uh, this past week. In the beginning, God made a good uh, and beautiful world. Right? In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. It was good. It was beautiful. We saw, uh, as we looked uh, at that passage, God creating spaces and God filling those spaces. Sun uh, and stars and moons to rule over the day and the night. Birds and fish to rule over the sea and the sky. Creepy things and crawly things to, to rule over the land. And finally, men and women uh, to rule over all of these things uh, as God's image bears here on earth. In the beginning, it was good, right? After every stage uh, of creation, after every day, God surveys what he has made and he declares it is good, right? It is good, it is good, it is good. Seven times uh, it is good. Everything is in its right place uh, doing what God uh, designed it to do. Now, if this is what the world was like in the beginning, right, good and beautiful, everything in its right place, then something has obviously happened to it. Something you, could say, something you could say has shattered the shalom, has broken the peace. Look at the parable again, and we can read verses 25 to 27. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and he sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the, weird, then the weeds appeared also. The servants, seeing the weeds, approached the master. Master or Lord, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds in it? In other words, Lord, God, if you made a good and beautiful world, why on earth does it look the way that it does? If God sowed good seed, which is to say, if God made a good and beautiful world, why are we pulling kids out of rubble? Why are children born into broken homes? Like, why is there a divorce? Why do relationships end? If God made a good and beautiful world, why, why is there sexual assault on college campuses? Why is there depression? And loneliness? Why is there drug abuse and suicide? If God made a good world, why are elephants being massacred for their tusks? Why are the polar ice caps melting? Why does it feel so often like the world is falling apart? In some, if God made a good world, why is there so much suffering and sorrow? Why is it like this? Jesus answers, an enemy has done this. An enemy 
has done this. Jesus explains at the end, right, when the disciples come and say, explain to us this parable, he says, right, the enemy uh, is the devil, right? He's the evil one. Now, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about the devil, but here are some things that we do know, right? The enemy, right, the devil, was once a beautiful angel. Uh, in the Bible, he is referred to uh, as the prince of light. But this angel turned his back on God, and he led a rebellion against him. We're introduced to uh, the evil one, to the devil, the, for the first time early in the Bible, in Genesis 3, practically page 2 of the Bible, where he seduces mankind to join the rebellion against God. Jesus has some choice words to describe this one. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says that the devil was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar. And he is the father of lies. This is who we're talking about. Why is the world like this? Jesus says an enemy has done this. Right? God made a good world. But the devil has broken it. It's pretty diabolical uh, the way uh, the devil does this. The devil knows perfectly well that he could never go toe-to-toe with God. Right? If it was just him and God in a ring, he would lose every single time. But the devil knows that there are, are plenty of ways that you can hurt someone without actually physically harming that person. How do you destroy an artist? How do you break an artist's heart? Well, it's ra- rather simple. You destroy the things that he's made. You destroy his artwork. Like, how do you wound a father... It's also relatively easy. You go after his kids. You hurt them. There's plenty of ways that you can hurt a man without physically hurting him. There's plenty of ways you can hurt God, the artist, father, without physically hurting him. You just go after his creation. You just go after his kids. And that's exactly what the devil does. If you read the parable, the enemy doesn't attack the sower. He just sows bad seed. Why is the world like this? It's because an enemy has done it. An an enemy has broken God's good world. And consequently, there are things that happen here on our planet that aren't God's fault. There are things that happen that God doesn't like and God doesn't want. As a kid, um, I used to take a lot of road trips with my family. Um, I I was born uh, just outside of Toronto in a town called Oakville, though I grew up in northern Virginia. And uh, several times a year, we would pack the car, and and we would load up, and we would drive up uh, to Canada. Uh, On these road trips, my dad was always the driver. Like, he was always the one in charge, right, behind the wheel, getting us from point A to point B. Uh, But on this road trip, like on this journey, between points A and B, some things would happen in the backseat of the car. Right, my sister Taya, who's like two years younger than me, she might put her arm on the wrong side, like on my side. And of course, I'd cry out, Dad, she's got her arm on my side of the seat, right? Whack, whack, whack. And of course, like I would look at her funny and she would scream, Dad, he's looking at me funny. And we would start fighting, right? 
Was dad responsible for the fights that took place in the backseat of the car? Like, was it, his was it his fault that we fought? No. Right, dad was responsible for getting us from Oakton to Oakville, right? From Northern Virginia to Canada. He was in control of the car. But there were things that happened in the backseat that were not his fault. They were certainly Tay's and my fault, right? Which is to say, if you extend the analogy, why is the world like this? God's in control, right? He's getting us from point A to point B. He's bringing us to a good destination. But not everything that happens on that journey is his fault, right? There are things that happen that he doesn't like, that he doesn't want, just as much as my dad didn't want us kids fighting in the backseat of the car. Not everything that happens uh, is God's fault. If that answers our first question, why, like, uh, why did I wake up in a beautiful but broken world today? An enemy has done this. It still begs the question, or leaves one question remaining. What is God going to do about it? Or what does God want us to do about it? Let's look at the parable. When the servants uh, see the weeds, they ask the sower, what do you want us to do? Uh, do you want us to rip out the weeds? Right? Do you want us to go and gather them? The master Jesus gives a pretty shocking answer. He says, no. I want you to let them grow out side by side. Well, why would he say that? Why on earth would the sower allow weeds uh, to grow up next to his wheat? Why would he allow wheat and weed, good and evil, uh, to grow up side by side? Well, the master explains in verse 29, Don't pull up the weeds, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat uh, into my barn. There are at this point two things I think you ought to see, two things I want to point out to you. First of all, while there is good and evil in the world today, it's not always going to be this way. A day is coming, right, when the weeds will be dealt with once and for all. There is going to be a day of reckoning. There is going to be a day of harvest. But until that day comes, Jesus says, let the two, right, wheat and weeds, good and evil, sons of the kingdom and sons of the evil one, grow up together, side by side. What's the point of that? Why is this something God wants to do? And why is this something God wants us to do? To permit that. Here's why. In ripping out the weeds... Which is to say, in violently uprooting evil, it's very easy for us to hurt wheat as well. If you bomb Aleppo, surely you might hit some ISIS terrorists, but you also might hit Amran Dakhnish's house. Right? It's very hard to do violence to evil without hurting right, good as well. I mean, that's certainly one of the reasons. But that's not all. Right? The problem is actually a little bit more or a lot more complex than that. Jesus says that we ought to restrain ourselves, that we 
ought not pull up the weeds, lest we pull up wheat by mistake. Do you want us to pull up the weeds and gather them? No. Lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. In other words, that thing that you've got your hand on, that thing that you're pretty, con- pretty convinced is a weed, that thing that you think is pretty sure, you're pretty sure, yeah, this is an evil one. Jesus says, how can you be so sure? How do you know that? How do you know that one that you want to uproot is not actually my child? In this parable, okay, the word that is translated weed is actually a very specific kind of weed called darnel. Its scientific name is lolium temulentum. You don't need to know that. But it's commonly referred to uh, as the cheat. That's what farmers call it, right? The cheat. And the reason they call it the cheat is because darnel and wheat are indistinguishable until harvest time. That is to say, until harvest time, you cannot tell one from the other. You cannot tell which is which. However, at the end of their lives, which is to say, at the, at the harvest time, true, true wheat ripens, ripens to a brown color, whereas darnel turns black. At the very end, at harvest time, true wheat ripens to a nice ripe brown color where darnel turns black. And this is why Jesus says, wait. Let them grow up together. At the end of its life, you will know which is which. You'll be able, it's, so, it's going to be so easy for you to figure it out. But until that time, you don't know, right? In other words, you don't have my perspective You don't know the whole story. You don't know how this is going to end. And because you don't know how this is going to end, wait. Right? I want you to consider this true story. On May 13, 1981, a man named Mehmet Ali Akka attempted to assassinate Pope John Paul II. Metmit uh, approached the Pope and he shot four bullets into him at very close range. All of the bullets just nearly missed all of the Pope's vital organs, coming within inches of his heart. Two years later, in 1983, John Paul II visited Akka and his in prison. And in Rabibia prison, uh, the Pope got down on his knees and he looked his would-be killer in the eye and he shook his hand and the two of them talked quietly in that prison cell for about 21 minutes the Pope forgave Akka that day and forgiveness transformed that assassin's life he became a Christian in prison because of the, the kindness and forgiveness that Pope John Paul II showed him Metmit Ali Akka Is this man wheat or is he a weed? Is he wheat or is he cheat? What do you think? I think it's fair to say that depends. It depends on when you ask me that question. And that's exactly my point. That's exactly Jesus' point. You don't know who someone is 
until the end of their life when their true colors are shown. So when the servants ask, he wants to get rid of the weeds, and Jesus says, no. He's saying, wait. Because what you think is a cheat might actually be wheat in the end. You and I live in a beautiful but broken world. And I know that there are things that happen outside there and things that happen on this campus that make you doubt the existence of God and make you doubt His goodness. And that is why Jesus tells us this particular story. If God made a good world, why is it this way? Jesus says, an enemy has done this. Not everything that happens on this planet is God's fault. But it's not always going to be this way. There is going to be a day of reckoning when everything does get sorted out. And everything wrong is made right. That day is coming. But until that day comes, Jesus wants us to resist. He wants us to resist evil even as we resist the temptation to make final judgments. We can and we should fight evil and justice, but Jesus wants us to fight it a certain way. He wants us to fight it in such a way that makes room for redemption. He wants us to take seriously the possibility that what we think is the cheat is actually wheat after all. And not only is this good news for guys like Metnit Ali Akka, this is really good news for people like you and me. Friends, we start here, right, with this story. We start with the context of a broken world. But we don't end here. Right? There are lots of stories yet to be told this semester. Let's pray.